What's your favorite scary movie? First of all, relax, bro. <laughs> it's, it's The Witch. Um, you could have just asked me, like, you know, you don't have to be all, like, fucking weird about it. You just, like, can ask me. Isn't that funny, though, how he's just, like, he's so intense on the phone and... I think that's what really adds to the comedy in the beginning of all of these movies, pretty much. It's just like how serious this is, and the and the ladies that answer the phone are just like, "Well, I really, <laughs> you know, I really like this one and this one, and like, you know, um, like Drew Barrymore like carries on a full yeah, conversation Casey and, <laughs> and is just like, you know." I just like this one. And then in this one, it's kind of the same. She's like, well, I like elevated horror, like the Babadook and yeah. <laughs> Hereditary and all this stuff. And I'm just like, this guy sounds crazy. If anyone talked to me like this, I would be like, no, I'm not Dude, speaking I'm, to bye. you. <laughs> Love that they still have a landline in 2022. <laughs> you know, we're definitely going to talk about that. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Remember that time we watched Scream 5? Yeah, because it was just this last weekend. Yeah, we went on a little, a little date over to magic johnson theater props to magic johnson we, we love, love him we love that movie theater so yeah we'll be talking about scream five today fresh sure out of the movie theater yeah this is the first one without was craven this is true i'm nicole i'm topher and we're the horror babes accurate here to bring you horror <laughs> <laughs> or something like that one of us is wearing sweats um yeah that's true that's me i'm always <laughs> the one wearing sweats you know, um, that's my after effects of the pandemic. I don't get <laughs> dressed anymore. Uh, but anyway, we'll be doing our normal format. In case you're new here, what that means is Topher will shout out the cast and crew in who made this thing. And then I will take us through the plot and then we will examine and analyze said plot. But first of all, we're going to, if you tuned in last week, we integrated a new little section in our uh podcast here our news section so we're gonna continue on with that so without further ado what's the horror news this week um an amazing looking like horror comedy from the foo fighters y'all it looks okay so we saw the preview before scream five yeah we saw a couple others that honestly did not look of note did nothing for me um did one not look, float my pee in one bit one looked like titanic ew one looked <laughs> i'm not gonna let that go one uh one looked like titanic and i yeah i don't know man titanic but it's bad i was like titanic was different titanic was probably scarier that iceberg honey yeah seriously see this is really the one of note that we want to talk about it looks fucking hilarious it looks so good it looks, it's so campy. It looks like, I mean, basically what the trailer tells you is the premise is um, it's pretty much the Foo Fighters playing themselves and then Dave Grohl starts acting kind of weird. Like yeah, he, he gets possessed. He he tries to write Everlong again. <laughs> um, and, yeah, they're, they're like locked in like a haunted mansion to, yeah, to uh, record. Yeah, they have to t- uh, get album number 10 out yeah. or 11 or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, we've got Dave Grohl. We've got Taylor Hawkins, Pat Smear. Rami Jaffe and Chris Shiflett, the f- five Foo Fighters. Um, but also we've got Jenna Ortega, who was in Scream as well. Yeah. We've got Will Forte, Leslie Grossman, Whitney Cummings, and Jeff Garland. This looks fucking amazing. It's, it's be- going to be hilarious. Yeah. Um, like campy. BJ McDonald's directing it. He's really only ever done music videos, but I'm yeah. really excited for what he does here. I love I love the idea of a possession while you're trying to record right. an album. Which this just reminded me of a fact that I literally just learned five minutes ago, which... 
I don't know, might be interesting to the listeners, might not. If you know me personally, I'm a Pilates instructor at New York Pilates, and I just learned that the West Village location used to be Bob Dylan's recording studio. No shit. Yeah, I just learned what? that. What? There's like, and and now it makes sense. Some of the like photos, there are photos of... Um, of Bob Dylan in like the downstairs area that I just huh. thought was like, okay. Cause we kind of like the whole aesthetic is like, um, we have a lot of, uh, like rock star memorabilia. Like we right. have like the big books in there. It just kind of like fits in with the, the like vibe. Um, so I didn't really think anything of it. And now I just, I just learned that. That's so, <clears throat> that's so wild. So if you guys want to come work out in Bob Dylan's <laughs> old recording studio, go to the West Village, <laughs> New York Pilates location. But anyway, back to this. The, that just reminded me of it because they're in a recording studio for the entirety of that movie. Right. But yeah, i um, stoked on that and can't wait for it. It comes out next month. It comes out uh, end of February. Yes. yes. Very excited. We will be covering it. I don't. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you all that. Yeah. February. Look out for that. I don't know. Maybe we'll do a campy February. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So let's talk about Scream 5, shall we? Yeah. So, yeah, this is the fifth of the Scream films. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, first one without Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson did not write this one. Um, they actually had asked him to write it and he said, I just doesn't feel right. I can't do it without Wes. Fair. Which is really sad. It is sad. It's beautiful, but it's sad. Like they had a, a 20 year long friendship or yeah, like 20 year long friendship. Yeah. And collaboration that just made them, made this series what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the new directors and writers are uh, definitely up to the challenge because they're we've covered them before. Matt, Br- uh, we've got the directing. It's from Radio Silence, mm-hmm. so we've seen them with VHS and Ready or Not. It's the same crew. So great. Yeah, so that's Matt Bettinelli Olpin, Tyler Gillett for the direction, and then James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick for the writing. Obviously, Kevin Williamson gets a credit because he created the characters, but yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, super great. It just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's brand new. It came out on January 14th, 2022. So just as of this recording, 13 days ago. And I, I would recommend seeing this in theaters. Like, if you want to feel like... I feel like we probably have a broad um, age range of um, viewers here, but where it um, where it put me was so like I didn't really grow up going to see horror movies in theaters. It wasn't yeah. like I've, I've I've probably saw one when I was growing up in theaters. Other than that, we watched like the '80s ones, like throwbacks, um, right at my house. Um, yeah, we go to like midnight movies and stuff like that because there's a little art house theater, like a two screen right. theater, about ten blocks from my mom's place. Um, that would do like midnight movies or like they would do um, during the summer they would do projections on the side of the building oh that's cool yeah it was really fun we need to go do that this summer but anyway um, I would highly recommend seeing this in theaters because it's going to make you feel like you're a kid of the 90s who went every Friday to go sit and watch them like it's I don't know there's something there's something to it there are very few movies that I say like this is a better experience in the theater um Mainly because going to see movies is so expensive these days. And I love seeing, like, action movies, like Marvel movies in theaters. And I love seeing scary movies in theaters. For me, it's uh, every movie deserves a theater experience. But that's totally fair. That's totally fair. I just could, I don't think I could bring myself to pay to see a rom com. Fair enough. 
Even though we're going to. We're, yeah, we're Because <laughs> J-Lo's got a new one coming out. Yes. <laughs> I was like, Hustlers too, But no, it looks really bad. I'm going to hate watch ama- it for sure. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the best thing since Gili. <laughs> what does she say in the movie? It's turkey time, gobble, gobble. I just fucking love J-Lo so much. I will literally just like, I don't know, lick that weird melon shit off of her skin that she apparently bathes in. <laughs> Did you watch that that show, um, Life Life of the Rich and Famous, where that guy like narrated it and was like, Oh yeah, Lifestyles like, of the Rich and Famous. Yes, J Lo sits in a bath full of melon cum and <laughs> <laughs> gross, dude, gross. I can't say floats my peen, but you can say melon cum. Listen, we're one for one. Um. <laughs> anyway. All right, so, so can I talk who, more about this movie? Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> guess. Great. I guess. <laughs> so we do have our three survivors coming back mm-hmm. once more with Nev Campbell as uh, Sydney Prescott, Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers, and David Arquette as Dewey Deputy, or sorry, Sheriff Dewey Riley. Nice. Um, the amazing, the talented, the perfect Melissa Barrera as Sam Carpenter. You didn't even write. I was like, "That's Vanessa from In the Heights." I, were like, I just oh, didn't shit. even. I, yeah, it just took me a second. I was like, "Why does she look like Marina Baccarin?" And right. I was like, "Oh, right, right. It's because Melissa Rivera." Well, they 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 gave her two very different aesthetics. Like, I mean, Vanessa was supposed to be the hot girl, which right. she is. And then in this movie, they were like, she's supposed to be like kind of, you know. I don't want to say unassuming. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't want to say she's literally grumpy. in a bowling shirt. It's, yeah, they like she, they tried. Yeah, they tried. She's, she's taking meds and smoking a cigarette yeah. and in a bowling shirt. When they we tried to her. make her look like just not put together, but she's just kind of so hot that it's, yeah, it's hard. really hard to. <laughs> but yeah. Um, we had Jack Quaid, son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan, as Richie Kirsch. Mikey Madison as Amber Freeman. Jenna Ortega as Tara Carpenter. She's really popping off, dude. Yeah, the first time I think I saw her was in You, and she was amazing in that show. But she's got. We just talked about X last week, yeah. uh, which is the new Ty West film that's coming out. She's in that. She's. We just talked about Studio Six Six today. She's out. She's in that. Like she's been in this. She's really setting herself up to be a proper scream queen. I love that for her. She. She's. I'm. I'm just jealous because she really like. If you just look at her resume, I'm like, damn. Just killing it already. Yeah. She's like 19, 20 maybe. Like, she's young. Yeah. Um, we had Dylan Minnette as Wes Hicks. You said he was from 13 Reasons Why, right? Yeah, he's like the, the he's on the poster of a lot of it. Like, he's the he's the dude who thinks he was like the 13th reason or whatever. I don't know. That show, sure. I, that show was a blur. I watched it out of like morbid curiosity, quite literally. <laughs> um, it's a horrifying show. Um, but yeah, I, no, he was in it. But we saw, we also saw him in uh, Don't Breathe. Oh, yeah, that's he's right. He's the skinny kid in Don't Breathe. Yeah. He's a skinny kid in this. <laughs> Jasmine Savoy Brown as Mindy Meeks Martin and mm-hmm. Mason Gooding as Chad Meeks Martin. Um, they're the niece and nephew of Randy Meeks from the first two. Yes. And uh, uh, Martha Meeks, uh, Heather Matarazzo is their mom. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. All I think of when I see Heather Matarazzo is, um, is like, wait, wait, not you. I don't know you. you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're both fantastic. This whole this whole crew of the young kids is really really good. Lily Moskowitz. Lily Moskowitz. Yeah. She's she she's a an icon. Definitely. Yeah. But no, I love Mason Gooding because he was um 
I mean, he's Cuba, he's Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son, um, but he was uh, Nick oh. in Booksmart. Oh, nice, yeah. Uh, Beanie Feldman's crush. I knew that I had seen him somewhere. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I want to watch Booksmart now. That's one of those movies whenever someone says the name, I'm like, do you want to watch that? <laughs> <laughs> um, we have Sonia Amar as Liv McKenzie, uh, mm-hmm. Mason's girlfriend. Marley Shelton is returning from Scream 4, I think was her first one. Mm. It was 3 or 4. I'm trying to remember which one she was in first. But... um. She's uh, Wendy Pe- Wendy Pfefferkorn from The Sandlot. Oh, nice. But she's uh, Sheriff Judy Hicks. Mm-hmm. Skeet Ulrich returns with uh, some weird CGI. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's going on? They did that like de-aging thing that they used in um, like The Irishman and shit like that. Oh, sure. Yeah, it just kind of makes him look weird. But yeah, he's, uh, he's back as Billy Loomis. Kyle Gallner as the creepy Vince Schneider. Nice. Uh, he's... I was, I was trying to remember what I knew him from. But uh, no, he's he's fantastic in this for the minute he's in it. <laughs> was he in the Oh, right. That's what it was. But yeah, um, I was like, I was watching it. And I was like, why do I recognize this kid? He plays the goth kid in Jennifer's body. Colin. Oh, okay. The yeah. one that she yeah. murders in the like. Yeah. Yeah. Go listen to our two-parter with my with dear friend Vic Priano uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> to hear us ramble about that movie forever. Um, but yeah, Brian Tyler has been all over the place. Um, has worked it with Marvel a bunch and like Age of Ultron and Iron Man three. Uh, did, worked on the Final Destination. Um, was working on the new animated The Adams Family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's been all over the place. Um, fantastic, just amazing composer for fifty years, yeah. sixty years, something like that. <laughs> Or not, no, sorry. Fantastic composer who's just been, like, all over the place for a while now. Our cinematography was from uh, Brett Judovitz, who also worked on Ready or Not, has worked on Stranger Things, um, Daddy Long Legs. It's, yeah, he's fantastic. I really love the shots in this. Yeah, no, agreed. It, they're very good. And reminiscent of the other movies, but also kind of brought something new to the table as exactly, well. Exactly, yeah. Um, and then for our editor, we have uh, Michelle Aller, who's been, again, all over the place. Um, this is obviously the latest, but did uh, Shazam, um, has worked with James Wan a bunch, uh, worked on one of the Paran- Paranormal Activity movies. Nice. Yeah. It's actually his debut was Daddy Day Camp. <laughs> Not Daddy Daycare, Daddy Day Camp. Yeah. Interesting. I think it was the sequel. Yeah. So this is um, also a departure against the Weinstein comp- from the Weinstein Company since it closed after Harvey was outed as a piece of shit and his Bob <laughs> was outed as a piece of shit for covering up Harvey being a piece of shit. Yep. Um, so they transferred the rights to Spyglass, who's great, love them, and Paramount did the distribution here. Um, like I said, yeah, it just came out two weeks ago. Um, it's 114 minutes, so right under two hours. Really nice runtime there. Cost about twenty four million. Obviously, that budget is always a little undershot or underreported or whatever. Yeah. Um, but so far, it's at eighty six point seven million, and plenty more to go. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited for them. I think I've talked enough about it for now. Why don't you tell me what happens in it? And yeah, guys, spoilers. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it just came out, so I just want to yell that. Usually, I am like, yeah, fuck it, we're gonna talk about the movie. You know, it's gonna get spoiled, but yes. Spoiler alert. So. It's 25 years after Billy Loomis and Stu Mocker uh, terrorized the town of Woodsboro. 
and then we meet a high school student. It, it, the movie opens the same way that the others do. Yeah, it's it's the exact uh, same. Home alone, all of them. Um, you know, making um, something on the stove. Yeah, high school student named Tara Carpenter. Nice. Yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I I want to be. Um, so I want. I'm going to shout out the names as we go. But Carpenter, obviously named after John Carpenter. Yes. Um, she's home alone, and but then she's attacked by Ghostface and is left hospitalized. It's this Ghost really great... Ghost. Thank you for that. Um, Thank ODB. May he rest. May he rest. Um, it's this, you know, very typical and really well done um, opening scene where... Oh, this was fantastic. I was... This was brutal. Yeah. Out the gate. Out the gate, it was pretty brutal. Um, and and just, yeah, really well done because when you're kind of already expecting something to happen when a movie opens like the others do, they really brought something else to the table here where I still was like, oh, shit. Like, I was still rooting for her even though traditionally every single opening scene person in Scream, I believe, dies. There's, there's never been anyone who did not die yeah. up to this point. Up to this point because she's just in the hospital. She's pretty rough. I think she had to have some surgery. Oh, she got um, stabbed multiple times, stabbed through the hand, and had her ankle broken. It's pretty incredible that she's even alive. But uh, then we are introduced to her older sister, Sam Carpenter. Um, who's told by Wes Hicks. Again, I, I, um, to Wes. Yeah, it's Wes Craven. Wes yeah. Craven, And yeah. he's uh, Sheriff Judy's son. Yep. About her sister's attack. Sam returns to Woodsboro with her boyfriend, Richie, to visit Tara at the hospital, where she, um, it, it's it's said that she, like, would babysit some of Tara's friends. So she, she knows these people. She reunites with them, with her, with Tara's friends. Amber Freeman, twins Chad and Mindy Meeks Martin, and Liv McKenzie. But yeah, anyway, so they're, they're all hanging out at a bar, and the kids are clearly under it. They're like, they're like 17, but they're all drinking sodas, and I think Liv is the one who has the flask, and she's just like putting pouring it on, in. pouring yeah. it in. Um, but yeah, uh, Vince is being an asshole. And super fucking creepy. He's like a Billy from Stranger Things, but less hot. Yes, that's exactly the vibes. And ten times creepier. Uh, and he, yeah, so he's fucking with them. He, he, they all get kicked out. Um, and then someone's fucking with his car while he's drunkenly pissing on the side of a building. And it's, yeah, it's gross. <laughs> and he yes. gets fucked up by Ghostface. Exactly. So then, after arriving at the hospital, Ghostface attacks Sam. Then after her attack, Sam tells her sister Tara about her struggles with hallucinations of Billy Loomis, where she reveals that Billy is indeed her biological father. And this is the reason for why she left town, and why their parents separated, and why she became estranged from her. Yeah, which really... Tara does not take this news very well. She tells her to get the fuck out. Yeah, leave me the fuck alone. I don't want to fucking see you. Yada, yada, yada. Um, and again, just to point out names here, obviously Billy Loomis was named after Dr. Loomis from Halloween, whose full name is Sam Loomis. So Sam Car- Samantha Carpenter, it's, yeah. it's, it's up its own ass. I, um, what was I saying? I was talking with Vic last night and I was like, this is the Ouroboros eating its own ass. <laughs> <laughs> As in the snake has eaten its tail so far that it is now performing autoanalingus. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm just going to leave that there. Um, so then the next day, Sam and Richie pay Dewey Riley a visit. We all know Dewey. We all know good old, Good old Dewey. dummy Dewey. Dummy Dewey. Um, he's been in a pretty bad place since his yeah, divorce he's in state. <laughs> from Gail Weathers. They, he's drinking whiskey in his coffee at fucking 8 o'clock in the and morning. And watching Gail Weathers on It's so TV. sad. It's so ugh. fucking sad. His place is just a piece of shit. Like, ugh. Yeah. Dude's just not doing well. Yeah. He's not the same old Dewey. No. <laughs> so they ask for his help in stopping the killer. And um, he's like, no. He's like, absolutely not. I've been stabbed seven times it's, or something. Nine times. Nine times, maybe? Yeah. yeah. I've been stabbed nine times. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm done good. with this shit. <laughs> Let me just die in peace in this busted trailer. Um, so. He's like, absolutely not. But then I think he thinks about it a little bit. And he then contacts none other than Sidney Prescott. Who's looking amazing. Honestly, can I have the number of whoever is doing that subtle work on her? Her work is fantastic. Because it's just maintenance work. She looks like the same person. Yeah. Like she's not, she's not overdoing it. And I'm, I am all for like, if you want to get any sort of plastic surgery or like what, whatever Go makes you it. feel confident. It is your life. It is your money. 100%. If you want, I've never been against that. And all I'm saying is that hers looks really good. Yeah. Like it just again, she she just looks like the same person, so it's kind of like maintenance work, I suppose. But right. also on the other coin, on, on the other side of the coin, women should be allowed to just age. Yes. You know, but again, your body, your face, do whatever you want. Go for it. She looks amazing, though. Yep. Um, and then he also contacts Gail. He texts Gail. <laughs> Such a little coward. It's really sad. And the um, texts he sends are so funny because it's oh, like... the emoji. He's like, I shouldn't have sent the emoji, and I'm like, No, you shouldn't have sent the whole thing. You should have called her. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, it, it's a really great uh, co- the, the him and uh, Sydney on the phone is really great because he's like. Yo, Ghostface is back. It's happening again. Don't come. She's like, I. He's like, you promise me you won't come. She's like, there's no fucking way I'm coming back to Woodsboro ever, 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 ever. ever. Yeah. So he warns them about you know the return of Ghostface, um, and then decides to join everyone at Mindy and Chad's home. And there he reunites with Martha, who we already talked about, mm-hmm. um, who's the sister of the late Randy Meeks. And the little shrine they have to him. It's oh my, so cute. Yeah, it is it's very terrifying, cute. but cute. It's very, very Heather Matarazzo. It's fully exactly what Martha would do. Yeah. So then Vince is, is uh, later revealed as Stu's nephew. And then with the three attacks being on people related in some capacity to the original killers, Sam is accused of being the killer. Mm-hmm. And she's pissed off about this because she has that whole... Um, She's hung up about being a serial killer's daughter. She's exactly, really afraid. Yeah. Um, she doesn't want to be just like him and all this stuff. And um, we get this whole awesome um, explanation and monologue from um, Mindy. She's so dope. And who basically is kind of taking on the role of Randy. 100%. Yeah, right? She like, gives us the whole explanation the of lore, requel. Explaining the requel. Like giving us the vocabulary to use. Like all of this stuff. And if you're not caught up with, with 2, 3, and 4, what happens in 2, 3, and 4 all is it revolves around um, Stab, which is the in-universe yeah. version of Scream. And they're basically saying that fans are so upset about how Stab is going or how the most recent stab went. Yeah, stab that, eight. Yeah, that they're, you know, 
invested enough to create their own movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's where she thinks this is stemming from. Right. Um, so then, after Sam is accused of being a killer, she says, fuck this. She gets in the car. She drives away. Um, Ghostface then ends up murdering Wes and his mother, uh, Sheriff Judy Hicks. God, these kills were so good. They really nailed the kills in this. Listen, and I love the shout out to Psycho, of course, because when he's, you know, on the phone with the sheriff and she's like going to pick up sushi and he's taking a shower and she's like, no, you can't get in. Like all the doors are locked or like whatever. And he's like, have you ever seen the movie Psycho? And then we flash to, like, you know, Wes in the shower and all this stuff. Yeah, it's this back and forth cut. But she's speeding home with the sirens on. And still ends up. Well, that's the the great reveal, right? Is that she's running up to the house and he just, like, fucking guts her. Yeah. And then gets Wes later. So then um, Dewey reunites with Gail, who has arrived in town to cover the story, of course. Fucking Gail. Um, A fucking text? You sent me a fucking text? I I still love Courtney Cox. Oh, I adore her. She's great. Um, and you need then, to watch Cougar Town. Cougar Town's fantastic. Down. Put it on the list. Um, at the hospital, then, uh, Tara and Richie are both attacked by Ghostface because um, the guard who was supposed to be watching her came to the crime came scene came to the crime scene and so Sam was like who the fuck is watching my sister and he's like they needed me here and so she speeds off to the hospital with Dewey yeah with Dewey Richie is there um they're getting attacked by Ghostface but then they're they end up being saved by Dewey and Sam and then fucking Dewey and his noble ass bullshit decides that he needs to finish him off he's like they always come back unless you shoot him in the head yep which is kind of um, it, it's very amusing because it it kind of nods at this. So I'm just going to go off on a tiny tangent. I promise I'm going to rein it back in in a moment. Shocking. So it's related, though. Come on. Um, okay. So we've talked about Halloween, Friday yep. the 13th. Yep. We've talked about like all these movies that have a specific killer mm-hmm. and how they somehow end up having kind of like supernatural powers. Yes. Right? So even though they're supposedly just like normal ass people who have like, you know, some sort of trauma or, you know, right. um, that's typically been the storyline, the, um, the, um, the origin story, right? Mm-hmm. So, like Freddy Krueger is literally supernatural, but yeah, that I did. Yeah, that's um, that's a little different for sure. But I, I guess I'm mostly talking about Halloween, mm-hmm. um, where M- Mike Myers is a very normal person. Just but yeah, anyway, just, just a fucking it's, dude. It's really hard to end up killing them or quote unquote defeating them because somehow they just keep coming back like cockroaches, mm-hmm. right? So. It's really interesting to me here that they very obviously point out... It's always... Okay, Ghostface has always, always, always been just someone in the inner circle, right? Yes, and it's always two always, people. Always, almost always two people. Three, I think it's the only time that there's one, but... But anyway, they're like normal high school kids. Yeah. So it's it's a really fun and amusing call out to be like, you have to shoot them in the head or they come, out, come back. And that's been the case in all of these, too. Yeah, implying that there's something, like, supernatural. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't say that about just, like, any old human. You shoot them in the heart, they're dead. Yes. You know, eventually. So it's it's kind of a fun and obvious call-out that, like, that like these killers end up being like weirdly supernatural, like like they can kill you so easily, but right. you can't kill them. I think starting with three was the introduction of the bulletproof vest that keeps happening. Yeah, yeah, and and that happens again here. Um, and 
So then um, Sydney arrives in town after finding out about Dewey's death and meets up with both Gail and Sam. Oh, I meant to say I loved this. Dewey's kill. One, I cried. It was so sad. You and I were both just like sniffling in the theater. I've never cried at a screen movie, but this one fucking got me. Um, but they were a little heavy handed with the emotional stuff. Sometimes I felt like I was watching some sort of like weird lifetime, like CSI, <laughs> like, it, like, I don't know, but I totally get it. This is a reunion of sorts and a very special and a passing of the torch as well. Yeah. And a very special character passed. So I, I get it. But like occasionally I was just like, okay, let's but I did love when they're, when Ghostface is like, it's an honor. Right, and, like has two knives in him, and then like gu- like pulls it up. Oh, it was rough, brutal. And fuck me, man. So, I'm still getting a little Dewey over Dewey. Dewey over Dewey, so sad. Um, so then Sydney asks Sam to help take down the killer, but then Sam is like, "No, I'm getting, I'm getting I'm out of taking Dodge. my sister out of here. Um, I don't have to do this. This was y'all, like." This yeah. is your bit. This is your bag, not mine. I all I care about is Tara being safe. Yeah. So they're in the car. They're they're um, getting the hell out of Woodsboro, but then they have to stop at Amber's house because Tara can't find her inhaler. Um, and this is shown at the beginning of the movie when she's home alone. She does take a puff of her inhaler. And we everything. see it. T- we see it every time, like uh, several times throughout the movie. It's, yeah. It's it's a nice little. They planted a bunch, and then in, this is the payoff. Yeah, the, you need. Uh, she needs her extra inhaler that she knows is at Amber's house. So then Sydney and Gail follow the trio to Amber's house, which is revealed to be Stu's old house. Um, this is a great moment where they're track. They put a tracker on Sam's car. Mm-hmm. Sydney did, and then when she sees where they are, she's like, "Fuck!" And um, yeah, I that reminds me of earlier in the movie too when Dewey's like, "You have a gun?" She's like, "I'm Sydney fucking Prescott. Of course I have a fucking gun." I'm like, damn. <laughs> While she's running and and pushing her children in a stroller, right? <laughs> Um, but anyway, this is obviously where the original events took place. So that's why she's like, um, she's like, we have to go there now. Um, and then Chad and Mindy are both attacked and stabbed by Ghostface, but, um, they survive their attacks. Yeah. We find that the the Chad one we find out later, Mindy, we see, um, yeah, this is a great one because she's literally watching Scream. She's literally she's watching, watching... She's watching Stab. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. Um, which is um, when he, she's like, turn around, turn around. And, and Ghostface Ghost is right behind her. her. Yeah. yeah it's, it's she's a, stoned. She's drunk. It's like... a really fun and, you know, fun moment. Um, and then Sam is tending to, an, to to Mindy, who is, you know, pretty looking pretty bad. And um, Liv comes in freaking out. Yeah. And then Amber pulls out a gun and shoots Liv in the head, revealing her herself as one of the killers uh so then gail and sydney get there she fakes being attacked a stunt that neither sydney nor gail believes and they're like we've been through this shit this isn't our first rodeo you <laughs> is idiot a, you think teenager. It's, what's, a, what's the probability this is a trap hi yeah yeah and then amber's like oh fuck this and tries to and then shoots fucking gail <laughs> oh, poor gail and then uh richie stabs sam and reveals his, himself as amber's accomplice and, you know, we have this whole big, like, cat and mouse scene. Like, you know, a lot yeah. more happens here than what I'm detailing. But you guys can probably picture it. Yeah. Um, Richie and Amber take Sam, Sydney, and Gail into the kitchen where Sydney had first faced off against Billy and Stu. There's so many good parallels here. Definitely. Which leads to Richie and Amber revealing that they are obsessed 
with the uh, Stab series and that they're super disappointed in its trajectory and want to provide a new story to be adapted, quote unquote, based on true events, planning to frame Sam because she is Billy's daughter. So Mindy was correct. Yep. And Gail then ends up shooting Amber, who lands on the stove and is lit aflame. It's this is so fucking dope where she just like she's like fucking hand sanitizer. Yeah. And then that <laughs> pays off. It's great. Yeah. But yeah. So we have this hand sanitizer and then um, they push her onto the stove and then that pays off. Right. Because yeah. um, she just goes up in freaking flames. And fucking Gail and uh, Cindy are just sitting there like, yeesh. Like, oh, God. Did we do that? Yeah. <laughs> and then Sam is injured, but a hallucination of Billy points her to Amber's knife on the floor thus saving her life. She uses it to stab Richie multiple times after shooting him, which is a very dark character arc moment, but also um, in this, uh, I'm trying to think of how to say this, in this world, it feels triumphant because she's had such a hang-up about being a serial killer's daughter, and then she uses it to basically save her own life. Mm -hmm. She's like, never fuck with a serial killer's daughter, and then, like, stabs him to death, which, I mean, none of this is good. You really shouldn't, you know, but, like... The face you just made. (laughs) But, like, uh, at least she's coming to terms with who she is. Yeah. I don't know. Everyone in this movie needs therapy. That's all I'm going to say. Everybody um, needs so much fucking therapy. Uh, but yeah. It's, but it, it is nice when like... It's uh, that dark comedy character arc. Yeah, because Gail comes up. She's like, you got to shoot him in the head. She's like, do you want me to do it? She goes, no, fuck this. And just does it. Yep. <laughs> and then a badly burned Amber attempts to attack the group again. And then, yeah, it's shot dead by Tara. Um, I we still always like get... the fucking... I still like the fucking Babadook. <laughs> it's very cute. I and love Jenna Ortega. I'm very happy with her. No, she's wonderful. And we we still get that. There's always that moment of like, you know, the underdog or the very injured person coming in and actually just shooting when you're kind of very strong um, protagonist who's been fighting for is who's kind of exhausted is kind of just like, I, I this might be it for me. And then like the other person just comes yeah. on the side and it's just like, pew. We didn't even point out that Amber pretending to be injured is uh, what Stu does in the original. Yes, definitely. in the exact same spot. Like it's it's so yeah, it's fucking clever. Super fun. As much as as much as it's up its own ass, it's fucking clever. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think that that works for this movie because everyone's expecting it. Yeah. If it was like um, the Conjuring that tried to do this shit, <laughs> which right. they kind of do, um, it doesn't really work. Um, so Tara and the Meeks twins are taken to the hospital. Sam thanks Sydney and Gail for their help. Gail refuses to write about the new murders because she doesn't want to give the killers notoriety and let them die. And she wants to let them die in anonymity. So she plans to write a touching tribute to Dewey instead. <sighs> and that's pretty much it. We tie it up with a nice, cute little bow. It's a good bow. Yeah. And that's that's the end of the movie. Yeah. A fantastic, right? Yes, yes. This is I my new rank. It's adjusted my rankings of favorite Scream films. This one was shockingly great for so many reasons. They This is a perfect example of being able to do a sequel with a new generation. The requel, yeah. Yeah, the requel. Um, 
other successful ones are, you know, we've talked about it before, Evil Dead. Kind of like the reboot, sequel, mm-hmm. requel, whatever you want to fucking call it. Um, Evil Dead is in that category. And then this one is strongly in this category because... So something that we've certainly talked about, I always say Google would have really helped this bitch out in in all of our movies that are from like the 70s and whatnot. Right. Um, or even ones that are in present day and they just ignore the technology. Right. I'm like, what? And then... Um, and uh, so they did a really great job of modernizing this and right. actually using the technology to make it scarier. Because what I what we also have talked about is that how horror movies are having to adapt to the accessibility of certain things that we didn't have even in the 90s, right? Even in the early 2000s, because technology is rapidly advancing. And they really did a great job of using that to their advantage as Mm -hmm. opposed to letting it be a roadblock, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Or taking a weird, like, avenue. Because in the opening scene where she has that... um, alarm system on her phone where she just has to open it and press the lock button and all systems are armed. Yeah. You feel that relief with her. You feel that moment of like the exhale. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, we're, we're okay now. This is a, you know, it's a really great feature to have because yeah, think about implementing that to any horror movie from the eighties. They wouldn't have happened. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. So, but then you get this supernatural effect of maybe they hacked into the phone or the system or like whatever. He even says like he cloned uh, Amber's phone. Yeah, and is able to just like unlock it. So then you get this like heart attack moment as the audience member of like, fuck, I thought we were safe. This whole like amazing back and forth now with her clicking it and then Ghostface clicking it and and this whole like back and forth. It's so good. It's so good. And then the question of, do you think I got in? Fucking right. Oh, man. It's amazing that they were able to do that. And then the tracking on... They they use technology as a plot device in the best way. 100%. Yeah. And I think that that's really what made this movie work, to be honest. I mean, yeah, beyond the acting and all that. But yeah, no, they really, really killed it. Yeah. Um, Not to make a joke about that. But um, (laughs) yeah, I I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I did want to, I, I need to point out a few more uh, fun little cameos that happened. Yeah, go for it. So, um, we there's some two, uh, the Dead Meat YouTube channel, um, they do horror reviews, they're pretty popular. They show up on there, um, and then there's a photograph of Hayden Panettiere uh, as her Scream 4 character, Kirby Reed, uh, mm-hmm. referring to her as Woodsboro Survivor, so she got a special thanks credit for that. Um, Christopher Speed was back because he plays Randy Meeks in the Stab series. Yeah. But then there were a bunch of vocal cameos, which are great. Matthew Lillard plays Ghostface in Stab 8. Um, Drew Barrymore is the school principal. And then if you can spot them, Matthew Lillard, Hayden Panettiere, Jamie Kennedy, Henry Winkler, and Adam Brody. Oh, Henry Winkler. He dies so quickly. Yeah. But they're all uh, at the party. Yeah. Um, and then, and which they toast to Wes. That's supposed to be the party is a a, a wake, but it gets out of hand because high schoolers. Um, yeah, and because Amber and Richie were wanting it to be that way, <laughs> but they'd use that as the as a toast to Wes Craven. Yeah. Um, but you can also see, or you can also hear the directors, um, Ia Lubanka, Lubanka um, that's Wes Craven's widow, 
Kevin mm. Williamson, Marco Beltrami, who had done the music for all of the previous ones, Patrick Lucier, who was the editor for the first four, and Julie Pleck also are, you can hear them as well. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool that they just like brought so many people in. Yeah, no, that is that is a really cool addition to this. Totally. But you are right. I mean, the, the tech stuff is so fucking cool. The, the way they use it to heighten tension as opposed to solve problems. Yeah. Where it's used to solve, like, it, it's exactly how we would use phones. And that's what's so great about it. Yeah, it's not this weird. It didn't feel like um, Gen X trying to write, you know, yeah, like, because yeah. that can be really cringy. And we've, um, which brings me to another point of, like, Booksmart was a really great representation of, in my opinion, of um, kids now who are in high school about to graduate. Like, they, right. I think Booksmart did a really great job. Um, I think Euphoria does an okay job. I think they're it's just kind of out there. It's a show by millennials about Gen Z for millennials. Yeah, I think they're just kind of out there with it. And I don't... I, I think It's a heightened world. It's, it's a not, heightened world. I feel yeah. like we're not grounded at all. We're not on planet Earth. Um, and... And then on the other side of, of, of that coin, you have, um, and just like that, the Sex and the City like reboot, right, which, which is, is... <laughs> like, I'm watching it for nostalgic value, but it's pretty horrendous as far as it's like fucking it, rough. it being, it's so heavy handed with the quote unquote woke shit. And like, it's bad. It's, it's bad. It feels like Gen X writing to Gen, to even millennials. Like yeah. it, it does not feel like. It's so out of touch. It's very out of touch. This on the other side of that coin feels because I was talking about representation in general, whether that is across race, ethnicity, sexuality, um, gender identity, gender identity, like all of these things where I'm loving that nowadays we're seeing movies where and TV shows where it is not someone's defining characteristic. We saw this in the craft with um, we had a trans craft legacy. Yeah, craft legacy. Yeah. Um, we had a trans actor mm-hmm. who um, was was never mentioned. Was just it's noted like t- twice, and yeah. it's not important. It it's has not, nothing to do with her character. We don't. Yeah, yeah. It has nothing to do. It's not their like definer. Mm-hmm. And then here we just have like you know Mindy say, yeah, I might hook up with blah blah blah, and it, it it's it's a um, femme presenting person. Exactly. Right. So it's it's this casual, just like oh yeah. It is what it is. It's not, there's there's not this just like from like the 90s and early 2000s, like flaming homosexuality that sure. ends up being like their only character trait and their only reason for being there, mm-hmm. you know? And then it, it's just become a lot more relaxed and kind of just saying like, yeah, like people, there are all different kinds of gender, gender identities and sexualities and it's just like... It's you just don't, not even a thing. It just, it's yeah. just, it's we, the word we use was casual, diver, casual diversity. Yeah, where it's just, you're just creating a world that feels realistic because mm-hmm. there are tons of people with just different identities and different sexualities yeah. and different ethnicities out there. I mean, where it just, yeah, I mean, when we look at the main cast, right? Yeah. The sisters are both uh, Mexican-American. Yes. Um, the twins are both biracial. Yes. Um. And uh, Liv is uh, is Arab. Yeah. The rest of the cast, it, like, the, there are three of our main characters. Like, obviously, there are three from the original, all white folks. But it's literally just um, from our main cast, Wes, Richie, and Amber. Yeah. Those are the only white folks in the, in the core cast. 
And I loved that. Like, that was really fucking cool. I was just like, looking through, I was like, oh, yeah, everybody's brown. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Has nothing to do with the plot. No one brings it up. No one mentions anything about it. No one uses any slurs. No one says anything. It's just casual diversity. And that's what we're asking for. When we're talking about representation, we don't need you to be like, I don't need Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. What I need is Mindy Meeks Martin. Or Mindy Meeks... Yeah, Mindy Meeks Martin. Yeah. Yeah, just... Yeah, just casual. We don't know... We don't even know if she's... um, if, if she identifies as lesbian, bi, pan, we don't know. Yeah. Or just even curious. Like, we have no yeah. idea because they don't make it a thing, which is really, really great that that um, people who aren't white, cisgendered, um, straight, you, you know, people yeah. can also just exist in in that instead of I making it their full... It. Yeah. Making it their full thing. Um, because that Mexican people live in America. <laughs> They're like biracial a, people. Like that's it. It's yeah. just it's just that. And that's and that's amazing because yeah, you get your like. Um, I I know that a lot of um, or at least the uh, gay men that I've spoken to felt like a lot in the '90s and the early 2000s that it, everyone was just a caricature of them. They were like yeah. super hot, super buff, and just very like not just. A, a man off of the street who happens to like men, you know, right. you know, like, yeah. and then for um, lesbians, it's always like a Janice Ian looking type or right. like, you know, it's like <laughs> you feel like you're like the lesbian in the corner, like <laughs> breakfast club, like straight up, like, sh- like dandruff in the hair. And you're just like, yeah, like fucking the, Ali Sheedy. Yeah. yeah. Like that has been kind of the, or it's like, you know, the super hyper femme lesbian who's like, ogled by all the guys yes you know what i mean so it's always been like a caricature of something and it's just again really nice to just see people existing who have just different um sexualities and gender identities Mm -hmm. that you know are are, aren't cis white you know yeah all of that and i just just, yeah it felt good to have just just, again just casually diverse Yes. Just looks like America. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's I'm I'm glad that a lot of media is is coming around to that. Um slowly but surely there are definitely mistakes being made. Yeah. Um and there will be. You know, that's just the the reality of it, but I will praise this movie for being very casually diverse. Mhm. Um I do love how much of a love letter this is to not just the Scream franchise but the idea of what Scream is. Yeah. So like looking through the kinds of references that are being made, right? It never feels heavy-handed. Yeah. In the references in any more so than any Scream movie ever has been, right? Yeah. Like um the sequence in the hospital when Tara's alone and the she's like tr- god so fucking brutal when she's trying to roll her wheelchair. With her uh, fucked oh, up hand, and it's just bleeding it's just everywhere. It's like squelching. Ugh. I hate it. I hate it so much. So much. But it's fantastic seeing her uh, seeing this reference to Halloween too. Like that whole sequence is a reference to Halloween too in the hospital. Yes, you called that out when we were watching it, and I yeah. thought that was a really great um, call out. For and that. again, it's super casual, but it's there for who wants it, right? Yeah. And like yeah. we t- we talked about Amber mirror- mirroring Stu. Um, we talked about I mean, like there's so many different cool just casual references in here again like Sam Carpenter <laughs> being the daughter of Billy Loomis so we get Sam Loomis total right yes I just I think that's it's as clever as any Scream movie is you know no agreed it's a it's always been a love letter to um, horror fans and this one is no exception yeah and I think that's what so many like writers and directors get wrong about how to do that 
Yeah. Like, when they do references, it always feels heavy-handed. Yeah. Scream lives in a world where you can be heavy-handed and it doesn't feel that way. You know yes. what I mean? And for the Radio Silence guys to just really, really, I think, do a stellar job of taking over from two icons in Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson. Yeah. I felt really good about it, you know? It seemed like they were the perfect guys for the job. Yeah. I really, I could not have anyone else on it, you know? No, 100%. I think that this was done with a great... Um, they're my favorite collective working right now. Yes. And everything they've done, I've just adored. So they're batting a thousand for me. Yeah, this movie is definitely a rewatch. Like, I, oh, I really... Oh, it's going to be a yearly thing for it's me. It's so fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I think it's a great addition. And I would love to do, like, a Scream marathon one day. Oh, that would be so fun. Just watch them all in order once this one's available on streaming. Yeah. That would be really fun. That's going to be something that I do for sure. Yeah. No. I, I, and a casual 10 hours of right, <laughs> yeah. scream. I mean, you know, a snowy day or something like this we're about weekend, to get a, we're about to get a blizzard here. A snow cane. Yeah. I also just want to talk a little bit um, to wrap things up about the story beats here. Yeah. The only parts, because I shouldn't just go through. I, so I was saying the other day, and I've said it on the podcast, I've said it in my real life. We've covered some, not stinkers, but just a lot of the films we've covered lately are like almost but not quite there. Yeah. Like they're good, but they're not great. And I was, I kept saying, someone's like, uh, I was talking to a friend and they were like, why don't you just cover this bad movie? It's like, because it makes me want to stop doing this. Yeah. I hate covering movies that I hate or that I think are whatever. This movie made me want to do this podcast for another year again. Like it takes a real fucking banger to just make me want to do this every week. And this did it. I that's that's how good this was for me. Yeah, and it's one of those things where like there there are two different types of bad horror films. There's there 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 are the bad ones that have like a nugget of gold in there somewhere where mm-hmm. where it sparks our creativity and say how could have how could this have been better? How could this have been done? You know, differently. It's sure. a great idea. Blah blah blah. And then there are the ones that where we just feel like we're shitting on the movie the whole time, and it's that's not fun for us. It, it's, yeah. it's better. It's better for us if we have. You know, because you can you can say all the bad things about a movie in about fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. less than yeah. So like that's not that's not super fun for us. So I I fully understand. We we watched a lot of very recent ones that were you know, they had something there at least. But yeah, I we we needed a win. Yeah, <laughs> and this <laughs> and is a I big would one. Say this is a big this is win. A blowout yeah. win. No, I'm one hundred percent. That being said, I should say some negative things about the movie. Yeah, what could have been improved? Exactly, the Billy Loomis storyline feels weird to me. Yeah. I like it. I understand it. It makes sense. It's just a little kind of, it's a little on the nose in a weird way that I can't quite put into words, but it's not my favorite thing in the world. Right. Um, partially, it just feels a little shoehorned. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, uh, it's, it's fine, but, uh, we'll, we'll see what, ha- you know, if they go, it, it kind of felt like they ended it. You know what I mean? Yeah. With Courtney Cox or Gail Weathers, uh, saying, I'm I'm gonna let them die in anonymity. Yeah, like, like yeah. It doesn't feel like we're going to get another scream movie. Well, and I think it's a nod to like these movies. The 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 what happens in these movies is because every single t- since the first one, people have been inspired to take on the ghost face mask, right? Yeah, and I think for it to be the final one, even though it feels like a requel, um. I think this feels like it could be the final one just because of that story beat. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I would be very happy to see more of these. But uh, let's see. The, the the Loomis thing was just a little odd. 
Um, no, I I agree. It was it felt not quite right, but yeah. And I was also I don't know like having the having the killers be just fans of the stab franchise and Reddit nerds. Yeah, was a little weird. Um, it almost felt like they one of them should be like it felt like they should be brother and sister. Or they should be Stu's kids or something like that, or like niece yeah. or like niece and nephew or something like that. You know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. Something about it felt off. Mm-hmm. There was just like things that I was like, ah, you're ri-, like it, you you get written into a corner sometimes. Yeah, definitely. That, um, that certainly happens. But I, all in all, I mean, it was fantastic. That's uh, th- that's such a mild criticism. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that's more or less the only thing I can really say about this. It's bad. I have no. It, it's my second favorite Scream movie now. My new ranking is one five two four three. That's a very fair assessment. I would have to agree with that. Um, yeah, like what what a treat this movie was. Truly, I just, it was who, so great to people who love Scream or people who you know don't like. I do, I just think it's a very well made horror film. Yeah, and I honestly thought anybody in the theater was going to be our age. It was kids. Everybody yeah. was like ten years younger than us going to see this movie, and that made me happy too. That like, okay, Scream has life to it still. Yeah, that made me feel good to like see younger kids be like. Fuck yeah, Scream. No, 100%. It's great. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Um, I've kind of... I feel like I've touched on everything. I just I just think that this was a very, very, very solid um, ode to horror and also ode to the Scream franchise. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I will be watching this movie again. I, I think it was really fun. I was engaged the whole time. I wasn't... I wasn't bored. Like I said, some of the emotional stuff, I was like, okay, let's wrap this up. We don't need to keep like doing this. It hit for me, but it's not, yeah, not everybody loved it. Yeah. But that's something so small that like, it it really didn't bother me that much. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That's really my, my final thoughts is like, just go see it. If you haven't, that's, that's it. Yeah. Definitely catch it in theaters. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Agreed. Is that about do it? That does it for me. Great. You guys know where to find us. We're on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast. We're on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod. And we have a website, horrorbabespod.com. If you're enjoying this, please give us a little rating review on iTunes. Mm -hmm. And until next time, bye, bye, babes. babes. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Yeah, babe.